1: Get ready. Get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Are you ready for the massive roller coaster with your brain? Oh, my gosh. Uh, we've had some amazing authors that have come on the show that have been, uh, talking to us about the science of the brain and the shows haven't come out yet, but, uh, the next couple shows you're going to see them. Well, it's actually going to be the next couple prior to this show. So if you're seeing this show, you've missed the past two or three. So make sure you watch those. Cause they're really important. I want to reiterate it. We're putting out two to three shows a day, much like a radio show. Simon Schuster and Penguin Random House are pretty much auto booking the show now, which has gotten it a little bit out of control, but we're trying to rock it. Um, but uh, make sure you're catching and listening to two or three shows a day because we're doing the work, people. And you always got to remember, the real benefit is to you because if you're smarter and if you know more and uh, you're more intelligent, you're more sexier to, the, to whoever you want to attract. So if you find that uh, you know, you're know you getting more likes on Tinder and stuff and more people are flirting with you and checking you out, it's because you're listening to Chris Voss' show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's some of the science we learned on some of the prior episodes check that out as well uh anyway guys uh as always for the show to your family friends and relatives the guilt and shaming begins go to goodreads.com for chess chris voss good uh youtube.com for Chess chris voss linkedin.com for chris voss and if you think i'm funny here we're trying to do some funny stuff on tiktok as well as the Cuts of the Podcast is on the show. Uh, he is an amazing, prolific author, and he joins us on the show today. Uh, I'm really excited to have him. Mark Cameron is on the show with us today. Uh, he's written a multitude of books, more than I can count, because I flunk kindergarten. Uh, he, <laughs> I didn't really, uh, but who does? No, seriously. Uh, he has written his latest book that just came out April 25th, 2023. It's called Breakneck, a captivating novel of Suspense. It's an artless Cutter novel from the series there, and uh, it's already just racked up 1,058 ratings on mm-hmm. Amazon alone, so it's highly popular, and I think that's just for the hard cover as well. There's still the paperback and all that other good stuff. So we're going to be talking to him today about his amazing books and everything he's done, and uh, he's also into the Tom Clancy series. You may have heard of that series. It's highly popular, so, if you haven't checked it out, then uh, we'll get into that and what that's about. He is a retired chief deputy U.S. Marshal. Uh, Mark Cameron spent nearly 30 years in law enforcement. His assignments have taken him from Alaska to Manhattan, Canada to Mexico, and dozens of points in between. He holds a second degree black belt in jujitsu. Note to self, don't find him on the show, and is a certified scuba diver and man tracker. Wow. Uh, he he could coach uh, some people on Tinder. I don't know what that means. Uh, an avid, <laughs> I always see these women. They're like, we're all the good men. So you know, there might be a second crew there. Uh, an, advi- an avid adventure motorcyclist, Cameron's books heavily feature bikes and bikers from OSI agent Jericho Quinn's beloved BMW GS. Uh, BMW. Yeah, there you go. And Harley Davidson, Royal Enfields, Ducatus, and most everything on two wheels cameron lives in alaska with his wife blue a dog and bmw gs motorcycle and uh, there you go welcome to the show mark how are you
0: hey i'm good thanks for having me on chris this is great
1: there you go and thank you for coming it's an honor to have you as well sir uh, give us your dot coms wherever you want people to find you on the interweb which is in the sky
0: yeah it's really easy to find just mark cameron books or mark cameron easy to find
1: There you go. Now I'm going to need you to calm down for the show to kind of take the energy down just a little bit for us, okay? (laughs) Uh, So you live in Alaska. Why do you hate the sun?
0: (laughs) Well, we get more of the sun up here. We in the this time of year, um, we we take these suicide runs down just a day and back to go fishing, and you know it doesn't get dark until where I live, which is below the Arctic Circle. You know, around Anchorage, we can drive down to. The Kenai Peninsula and fish, 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 and drive home during the three hours of the dark we have at night, and be mm-hmm. back for work the next morning. So, yeah, does that freak good, you good out? Good does stuff. that
1: does it get does this break your brain a little bit with the whole? Yeah, sun?
0: yeah. I think the the daylight is for me. Now, some people have that seasonal affective disorder where they need the lights, and the uh-huh. the darkness of the the winter gets to them. But for for me having those super long days in the summer where the longest day of the summer, you know, around the end, you know, the, the end of June, um, it'll be, it'll, it'll get daylight around three 30 in the morning and won't get dark again until around 1.00 AM. And so, and even then it's not dark. It's just dusky. Last mm-hmm. night we had a, a mama moose in our yard with two brand new babies. Oh, wow. And my wife and I were out on the back deck watching them at about, about midnight and we could still Mm -hmm. see very well there you you go
1: and and you've written for the tom clancy series we should probably get a plug in for that as
0: well how many books do you have so about 26 books overall i'm just finishing my seventh in the jack ryan senior series for the tom clancy estate uh and that will actually be my last i've i've asked to i've told them that i'm going to step away mark grainy did them before me so Mm -hmm. Several authors do, uh, Mike Madden wrote the um, Jack Juniors, and then when I started writing the Seniors, and then Don Bentley writes the Jack Juniors now. Mark Graney was writing the Tom Clancy books when Tom Clancy was still alive. I think Mark started in 2012, 2011 or 2012, and wrote a couple while Tom Clancy was still alive with Tom Clancy. Oh, and wow. then um yeah so he had the opportunity to actually meet the man i never met him but i've been a tom clancy fan since i was gosh in 1984 when i was a rookie police cadet in the academy the hunt for Red october came out and i can i can yeah. pretty much gauge my career by what tom clancy book was out you know i i know i was on my way to uh guard a federal judge in new york when the hunt for when uh some of all fears came out i know where i was when i was in sherman texas when without remorse came out so oh. I, you know i've been a tom clancy fan forever so mark granny stepped away to write to focus on his own books he writes i don't know if you've had him on the show if you have we have he actually i was gonna yeah, put a plug in a, for a him great guy just a great guy and we've become friends over the years and yeah he was going to step away to work on his own gray man series and mm-hmm. he um unbeknownst to me, he had me in mind to fill his shoes, and so he asked what I was working on. Mm-hmm. I was writing a Jericho Quinn novel called Field of Fire. I sent him the, he said, hey, could you send it to me? I'll uh, give you a cover blurb, and so I said, that'd be great, so I sent him the manuscript, and a couple of months later, I heard from my agent that he had forwarded it onto his publisher, and they showed it to the estate, and asked me to write the next Jack Ryan, so it was there out of the go. blue.
1: Hi, folks, here's Foz here with a little station break. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. We'll resume here in a second. Uh, I'd like to invite you to come to my coaching, speaking, and training courses website. You can also see our new podcast over there at chrisvossleadershipinstitute.com. Over there, you can find all the different stuff that we do for speaking engagements, if you'd like to hire me, uh, training courses that we offer, and coaching for leadership, management, entrepreneurism, uh, podcasting, corporate stuff, uh, with over 35 years of experience in business and running companies as CEO. And be sure to check out Chris Voss Leadership institute.com now back to the show we're the getting movie. all the we're getting all the tom clancy authors on we had mark Rainey on uh in february and then we had uh, don bentley on uh actually april in april oh, uh for his uh, mark the matt drake novel and now oh, yeah. we've got you now we just need oh. to get uh now we just need to get uh, tom clancy on the show himself so <laughs> we'll see if we can work that out um go. So this has been awesome, uh, and uh, your new novel—this is the in your Arless Cutter, Cutter series, *Breakneck*, a captivating novel of suspense. Uh, how many are in this series?
0: Books. So that's the fifth. So that's mm-hmm. the fifth one. They these books tend to. So as you mentioned, I'm retired from the U.S. Marshal Service, and uh, I live in Alaska. My wife and I have lived in Alaska for 25 years. So the very first book in that series. Takes place on an island down in Southeast Alaska called mm. uh, Prince of Wales Island. It's it's actually the the second or third largest island in the United States, but very few people know about it. But it's it's down close to Ketchikan, uh, probably about 800 miles of logging roads, but very few paved roads, and a lot of Clingit uh, and Haida uh, indigenous folks, and so the cultures there are just phenomenal. Um, but very small, mostly logging and fishing. Uh, I was sent down there as a tracker, so as part of the fugitive task force. When I first moved to Alaska, and I was sent down there as a man tracker when a when another man chopped a guy's head off with a splitting maul and then fled into the woods. Oh wow! And so he was hiding, and so they sent us down to track him. And I spent about three days, three and a half days tracking him through the woods. Finally found him, uh, arrested him. But during that time in these old growth forests with You know, like I said, totem poles and these quiet, almost haunted coves, you know, the the, uh, ocean coves and uh, salmon everywhere and bears and deer. I just knew that I was going to set a book down there someday. And so the first book in the Arliss Cutter series, Open Carry, is a murder mystery set down there. And then each book in the series, I'm able to draw on the real life um, experiences I've had. I don't base them on any people or or any one experience, but I, they certainly inspire the books. Um, my experience with the Marshall service and the assignments I've been on and at the same time, the native cultures that I've been able to work in, with and with and meet and, um, and then the different geographies of Alaska and the weather. And, you know, my, one of my editors said, I don't know, two books ago, he said, you got another storm moving into this book. There's always a, a storm. Can, can't you, you know, what, What's the deal with these storms? And I said, well, we call that Tuesday here in Alaska. That's, <laughs> that, that's just the way it goes. Well,
1: it probably creates some pressure and and some uh, anxiety and and uh, you know it, it, uh, a window that you got to operate in without you know kind of creates some suspense or some some uh, some stress to the situation of whatever's going on in the book, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I know village public health aides that have performed what we would consider. Major surgery on the cafeteria table of a high school. Holy you know, crap! Talk talking to um, a doctor via you know web link because there was no way to get anybody else there. And and the that's one of the beautiful things about out in the bush is people do what they have to do. And you know some of these villages mm. we have, there's a kind of a joke that's a truism of some of the bush villages of Alaska we we call it the bush when you can't get there by car you have to either take a plane or a a boat and we say to get to southeast alaska or some of the other places only three ways to get there either plane boat or birth canal you and so the the people that are born there they have a different way of thinking than the rest of us where we'd say that's impossible they say well it might be impossible we're going to have to try so i had a young deputy uh we were doing a big prisoner sweep in western alaska where we had, I think we brought up like 20 out-of-district deputies from all across the Northwest, and they were teamed with troopers. We had Uh snow machines, and we were out in far western Alaska, way out uh, close to the Bering Sea. And they were going to these different villages, and we had, you know, targeted basically what we would call village terrorists, people that are really causing troubles. And the villages are the ones that gave us these people with warrants. They're like, these people are causing us trouble. There's not enough law enforcement out of here. They get drunk. They shoot up the village, you know, help us. And so we went out there on this big sweep and one of the deputies from, I can't remember which town, somewhere in Oregon, I think he got there to this small village on the Western coast of Alaska, around 800 people And the trooper that was supposed to meet him there was a little bit late on on another flight, big storm moving in. Um, The trooper was not able to get there. So here's this 27, 28 year old deputy with a few years in law enforcement, but it's been federal stuff. Certainly not in a native community in Western Alaska, where he's the literally the only badge carrier out there at the time because the trooper hadn't gotten there yet. And he called me and he said, Hey, chief, and I'm at a command post in Bethel, Alaska, about mm-hmm. 300 miles away from where this young man is. And he said, hey, chief, there's been a double murder, suicide. I've got this lady who found her husband with his girlfriend. She killed them both and killed herself. Holy cow. What God. do I do? I'm here in this house with him. And the this tribal police officer who's a, a 19-year-old kid who's tri- who's not really, you know, he's a tribal police officer, but he's not certified by the state at that point and so um, and he doesn't know what to do and I said, well, the troopers should be there and he goes no, they can't get in there's a storm they're not there's going a to storm get in. coming and exactly so uh, he ended up we, we worked with the troopers and Alaska Bureau of Investigation to figure out what to do and basically he turned the heat off in the house so that it would keep everything frozen. And not, you know, the bodies would stay frozen and all the evidence would stay frozen and then they set in the living room and parkas and eight MREs and, you know, for a couple of days till investigators could get there. So wow. it's definitely a very unique kind of law enforcement here, which yeah. lends itself to the Arliss Cutter books. And it's fun for me to write because I can show off the agency that I feel like raised me, the Marshal Service, mm-hmm. and then the state that I feel like raised me, which is Alaska, so yeah. they're they're great fun to write.
1: There you go. We we're talking about the show about how you you know I asked you if you did some of that the fugitive stuff the Tommy Lee Jones uh sort of things and and you uh, did a little bit of that. Uh, tell us about the protagonist in here. Who is this Arliss Cutter for those who aren't familiar? Uh, so we can open up the door to more readers. And uh, you know what's he up to?
0: Yeah, so Arliss Cutter is a guy that the best way to describe him is he's a a, a man who will not accept a bully. He, something's uh. happened in his past that you find out as you read the books, but some terrible situations happen. He's a, a former uh, army ranger turned deputy marshal, which is very common in the marshal service to have folks from the military or law enforcement come aboard because we are such a, a, a boots on the ground, kind of a law enforcement agency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we always describe the marshal the, the FBI is the premier, investigative agency for the Department of Justice, the Marshal Service. We would like to consider ourselves the premier enforcement agency. So we make things happen. We're the ones that are the muscle for the judiciary, oh. the executive branch as well. So anyway, so he's the deputy marshal who draws the a very bright line between good behavior and bad behavior. And he draws it very close, as my wife said, so he do not have to reach across t- very far to slap someone that, that, you know, steps over it. So he's that kind of guy. Very, if if you ever heard the old Marty Robbins song, the big iron on his hip, think of him like that. He's come to town Mm -hmm. with a big iron on his hip, going to arrest the bad guy. Right. So very much of that, that kind of cowboy ethos. He's from Florida raised by his grandfather, who's a Florida Marine patrol, that old timey uh, cowboy ethos, his Brother with his best friend growing up was an engineer who moved to Alaska with his Arlis's sister-in-law, who, by the way, Arlis has had a crush on from the time they met. So mm-hmm. he's he's in love with his sister-in-law. Okay, can't do anything about that because like Jesse's swoop, girl swoop, he, His re-film. brother swooped in. And, yeah, his brother swooped in and took her when they were both teenagers, and ah. he's had to live with that. Mm. But now his brother's dead. His brother's been killed up on the slope, uh, north slope of Alaska, in a tragic accident. Or was it an accident? We don't know. Or was read, it? Right. Mm. So now Arliss has gone from Florida, moved out of where he's used to. He's a water guy. He's a swamp guy. He's a surfer. Hot weather guy. Doesn't like coats, as you mentioned. Yeah, um, that was
1: me as a kid in And
0: now he's moved to take care of his widowed sister-in-law. Figure out what happened to his brother and help the sister in law with her two sons and daughter. So he's mm-hmm. now living in the house with the woman he's loved his whole life, but it's inappropriate for him to do anything about it because his brother just died. Yeah, his brother so there's just that, died. That tension there. And he's a good guy. Arliss is a, he's got, like I say, a very clear line between right and wrong. So that's mm-hmm. all in the background. That's mm-hmm. not the main part of the story, but that's what he's living on. And so mm-hmm. but he's he runs the Alaska Fugitive Task Force, tries not to get in trouble because he's very heavy-handed, because he will not put up with with bad behavior. And he's got a, a really quirky, smart, aggressive uh, partner named Lola Ta'iki, who's a mm-hmm. Polynesian deputy marshal, and she's kind of his Jiminy Cricket, if you will, his conscience with you know, kind of keeps him calm as he tries to anyway while he teaches her tracking and wood stuff she teaches him about alaska and what you know because mm. she's even though she's polynesian she's been in alaska for a few more years longer than him there you go so, makes a really can... cool backdrop
1: there you go and some tension some lots. maybe some sexual tension there a little bit or love atten- of, oh love yeah, tension lots. there lots, lots 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 and uh I, you know, people can never tell us the middle or the end of novels. They're very different when we have, you know, historical novel books on because we, we all kind of all know how they turned out, mm-hmm. you know, especially mm-hmm. those Abraham Lincoln ones. You know, somebody gets yeah. a bullet, somebody dies. Yeah. The, yep, they do. To kind of warn you um, too soon. Uh, but uh, uh, it, it is, uh, I guess we maybe see if uh, how it plays out in the novel there, huh, with uh, the two of
0: them? Yeah, so it's taken, it takes a while. You never want to, you never want to get it. Um... <laughs> You never want to end up the conflict too soon, so there's always something that gets in the way. but uh-huh. by book five, things get things are thawing out a bit uh-uh. and uh, book six, mm. which is next year, we'll see what happens. but uh, lots of lots of fun interaction between the two, and again, I mean, they're not going to you know run off into the sunset together because his brother yeah. just died, and that's her husband. so and yeah. he was married as well. He'd been married four times, so and his wife just passed away. Not long before his brother, but she died of natural causes. So uh-huh. it's a, uh, you know, it's life. It's the stuff that happens, and oftentimes in police procedurals or or thrillers, we only get a tiny glimpse of the background of what these people are dealing with. And I want to, I really want to fold that in so that they become mm-hmm. a part of. Because my wife is, you know, she's been married to a a cop or a deputy marshal for. 30 years of our, you know, for 30 of our 40-year marriage. And so, oh, wow! I, in fact, when our, our youngest was going through the police academy here in Anchorage several years ago, and, you know, I, I was kind of nervous because, well, if anything happens to him, they're going to all blame me because now he's following me into this line of work, and his wife's going to be mad. My wife's going to be mad. I'm going to be heartbroken because he's my, you know, he's my bud. My, I get a lot, I, my kids are all my, my dear friends. But so our youngest is going through the academy. He goes through training. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a long process, like a year of training. And the very first night he's on he's on his own. So he's gone through the field training program where he's got an officer with him all the time. Mm -hmm. Now it's been a year, it's midnight shift in Alaska in the winter, so no light. (laughs) It's cold. And my baby boy is by himself in the mean streets of Alaska. And I am Oh, I'm fit to be tied. I'm just a nervous wreck. I'm making <laughs> deals with God. You know, please watch over my kid. I, you know, whatever I can do. And I look over and my wife is just calm. She's just absolutely calm. Huh. He's her baby too. And I can't, I just can't understand it. And I, her name's Vicky, And I said, I said, Vicki, what's the matter with you? This, this is our kid. How could you be so calm about this? And she looked at me very, very sweetly and said, Mark, this is new to you. I've been feeling this way for 30 years. And I thought, wow, okay. I better shut up now. She's got it, she got it handled. So I want to show some of that and the 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 significant others, whether it's a husband or wife or whatever, that watches us, you know, that 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 watch us put on our vest and you know, strap down our vest and lace up our boots and Put on a gun and go to work, not knowing whether we're going to come back every day. Yeah, I want them to be characters in these books as well. Yeah, I mean
1: that's that's it. It's hard to be a wife of uh, of a law enforcement officer, to my understanding, because mm-hmm. yeah, you never know. Uh, there's there's anything that can happen. You know, you see guys mm-hmm. that uh, unfortunately, you know, they've they've done a whole career without firing their gun and. And they're close to retirement, and all of a sudden, you know, whatever. There's, there's plenty of stories that the thing. So that's definitely a suspense thing. Um, are do you do you uh, what's on the future radar for you? Uh, do you see? Uh, are you going to go back to the Jericho series or?
0: Yeah, no, that's a good question. So I, I, as I said, I'm turning in my seventh and final effort in the the Jack Ryan senior series mm-hmm. this week. As a matter of fact, just finishing that up. Um, and then I'll go back and write the next, finish up the last, um, or the the next, the second. Uh, I mean, sorry, the sixth Arless Cutter. It's going to be called uh, Bad River, so oh. that's the sixth one in this series. We've already, you know, it's already plotted. It's already well down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll be putting the cover out pretty soon on Amazon if they haven't already. And then when I finish that, then I'll I'll work on another Jericho. I get emails every day. From people asking me to write another Jericho, and I miss him. I miss Jericho's a f- absolutely incredibly fun series to write. Jericho Quinn, his his uh, gigantic Cajun uh, Marine Gunnery Sergeant sidekick partner named Jacques Thibodeau. So Jericho Quinn, Jacques Thibodeau, and their their Jericho's buxom CIA girlfriend named Veronica Garcia, who's Cuban Russian in the in, uh, background. You know, if, when I when I first started writing these in in like 2009-2010, I think the first one came out in 2011, but uh, I envisioned them. The, the covers look like modern day covers, but I envisioned them with those old time Matt Helm, you know, James Bond kind of covers with the guy with a gun and the scantily clad girl in the background and machine guns and sports cars and So that's the way these books are. They're very Jason Bourne, James Bond, over-the-top kind of books. So they're lots of fun to write. There you go. There you go. Well, we'll be excited to see them. Do you have a title for the new Clancy book out? The new Clancy that's coming out is called Command and Control.
1: Command and Control.
0: Mm -hmm. It's already up on Amazon and it's a little bit terrifying when you're writing a book and it's up on Amazon and ticking up the starts and the charts and you haven't turned it into the editor yet. So it's like, uh, oh, better live up to these expectations. But no, last him. year's last oh. year's book called red winter is, I mean, I, I like the one I'm working on, but mm-hmm. last year's book was red winter and it was a throwback set back in 1985, kind of mm-hmm. when the early Clancy's were set. So that's probably going to be one of my all time favorite books.
1: There you go, uh, November twenty first, twenty three. It appears as the future release date. Yep. There you go. I love it, man. I, I love you guys who who can really do these books well and and pump them out and uh, just give the feeder base. We have so many authors like yourself that come on the show, you know, and they have these multi—I don't know what you call it—multi threads of characters and mm-hmm. books, yeah. and they'll they'll move from one to the other, and it, it kind of helps keep things very fresh
0: for them. Yeah. it's good. It's, it's fun. It does take up a lot of bandwidth though. And my, <laughs> my older, uh, my oldest grandson is 12 now. And when he was probably about five or six and I, he came, they were stationed in Japan and I was over there doing some research and visiting grandkids. And he came tearing into the room, all sweaty. He's a big sports kid came tearing into the room and I was, you know, at the table writing and, he came skidding to his stop in his socks, and he looked up at me. He called me Papa, and he goes, Papa, what are you <sighs> writing another book? Who'd have thought? And then he turned around and walked away. <laughs> and I, thought, yeah, I, better, I better rejigger my life here so I can spend some yeah. time. With Just him. cut him out of the will. <laughs> <That's> the... <laughs> no, he's inspiring. He's inspired me to slow oh, there down. You go.
1: There you go. Well, give him an extra kind of the action. Then. There you go. Uh... <laughs> well mark it's been wonderful to have you on the show anything more you want to tease out before we go
0: no i appreciate it this is great just uh i do enjoy hearing from readers so if Mm -hmm. you like the jerichos or the the cutters or the jack ryan shoot me an email i'm i'm super easy to find just google mark cameron and my ugly mugs there of course it's pictures online are prettier i had hair and my beard was red back in the day but for some reason they won't put this ugly mug on online like they should
1: that's that's what people bug me about my book they're like why isn't your picture on it i'm like i want to sell the books i don't want to, <laughs> exactly. don't want to scare people off i mean no, you see exactly. me later. i have radio yeah. face i accept it uh thank thank <laughs> so there you go mark uh so thanks for coming on give us your dot com so people can find you on their webs again i think you slid one in but let's just make sure
0: yeah just mark books.com no I will link you to everything the twitter and instagram and all of that all that good stuff
1: well thank you very much mark for coming on the show Thanks, man! It's for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, for Chris Foss. See everything we're doing over there. Go to youtube.com, for Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, for Chris Foss. Uh, the big LinkedIn newsletter is huge. The big LinkedIn groups over there. And uh, TikTok. We're starting to put uh, clips on TikTok. And I try and do some funny stuff over there. It doesn't work, but it, it, it dies more than it kills. But sometimes when you die and you can kill and make people laugh, it's funny. So there you go. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. That should have some, Mark.